Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. I hope so, anyway. Welcome, Craig and audience and Todd. Esteemed guests. Esteemed guests and those not so esteemed. The low esteemed. The unesteemed. The questionably esteemed. And the steamed, if you are broccoli or rice. Yeah, yeah. Steamed guests are welcome. Don't Jimmy's also get steamed? Or are those just hams? What? I think it's just hams, but I... Jimmy's get rustled. Never mind. (laughs) This is between you and Jimmy. (laughs) I don't talk to that guy anymore. Me neither, and I don't want to have to ask him. Well... Well, well, I will save your ears from several minutes of movie drivel. This is branching off into the into our version of one of those podcasts where we watch films that we've never seen. (laughs) Or in this case, we watch films that we didn't pay close enough attention to, so we might as well not have seen them. Yeah, that's a good premise for one. But I mean, if there's a glut of podcast premises, that is that that is the one that has the most gluttiest is the most gluttonous. I think I like gluttiest. Don't glut shame. Yeah, I'm not going to glut shame. I enjoy that. Tuck that away. Glut shaming. (laughs) Okay, I'll tuck that away. You betcha. Madam Secretary. You betcha. Oh, you betcha. Okay, so our premise for today, did we, is it the one that we typed out about uh, Sauron and Saget? Yeah, Sauron is Saget, Saget is Sauron. So we're doing a forging of the NFTs. Yeah, we're doing a big flashback. Okay, so I kind of saw it as Tucker and Todd aren't involved at all. Is it just Plato and Straight Woman going back in time? Or is it, oh. is it nobody from our universe is involved and we're just looking, it's a, a third person like look in at that period in time? Yeah, if, if we're going to do time traveling, the boys still have to go, but they'll need supervision. Otherwise, we're just kind of doing a retrospective and the audience is going back, but none of the present cast is going back. So we'll just be kind of seeing things as they were. Yeah, I think I mean, that's cinematic. Um, is there any way that we could make this educational? Do you, is is there something that could, we could be educated about? I guess we haven't thoroughly finished completing the we could dive now that we're kind of going back into the history and the forging of the NFTs. This could be Plato truly teaching us like how, um, as you said, you take up space with a, a piece of unique digital code, et cetera. We could uh, dig into it a little. Well, if we're going back to the creation of these NFTs, then I think we're going to have to go all the way back to where our Sauron proposes their creation and gets poo-pooed by the likes of Bub and, you know, Elon Musk, if he shows up. Okay, so and and we're saying that this is Saget that proposed them. Yeah, I that's 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 what was rolling around in my mind is that Sauron Saget had been looking for partners to forge these NFTs, these very powerful objects, and was rebuked and refused by the likes of Basilbub, who ironically is now pursuing them. Right. Yeah, I wasn't sure how much of a uh, an al- 
allegory analog. I never even know the proper words to use. Parallel is the best term in my opinion. A parallel of a group had them had the the one group of beings had the the group of NFTs forged, and then Saget forged the the monomyth or whatever the one the one is off to the side, the MacGuffin as his own. Oh, I like that because it's it's the one the the one F, NFT to rule them all. Right, and in the darkness, bind them. Is that a NSFW kind of binding? I I don't know. I guess it's up to the artist's interpretation. But since the monomyth is a ring, I think it's probably the best choice for the the one to rule them all. Well, yeah, and it also it's it's the monomyth. It's the one ring. Yeah, the mommy myth. The mommy myth. Yeah. And okay, so I I feel like this one I'm opening a doc. <laughs> this has some some pieces. Okay, so uh, although if I recall, Sauron forged all of those rings. Is that and how it works? Yeah, I don't actually know. And he, he forged them all and handed them out, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were just kind of given as gifts to various powerful lords and ladies. And then he went ahead and forged a secret one that was supposed to corrupt all of them. So was that then Saget was trying to to buy his way into the billionaires club with a bunch of nice rings? With a bunch of NFTs that nobody believed in, so they laughed at him. Right, yeah. That's that's where you get the dramatic irony from, is Basil Bob thought this was a fool's errand, it was a bad idea. He was not supportive, he he refused to help, and now, many years later, Basil Bob needs them. He's tracking them all down. Interesting. And so did, so did, did Saget propose nfts before blockchain technology existed and that's why everybody laughed it out of the way and now that the blockchain exists everybody's like oh we can actually use this shit yeah now i'm i did a little bit of reading now apparently sauron didn't actually craft them all the the thing here says that he pretended to be a benevolent being that then taught these other crafters how to make them so whether he made them personally or just gave everybody else the recipe and hands-on instruction on how to make them. His his personal involvement in their creation is still direct. I mean, the other thing that you just clarified is a little even more like gaslighty and interesting. That he that he posed as a benevolent being. Posed is you said he posed as a benevolent being that taught who to make them. Oh, well, Sauron posed as a benevolent being to teach like fancy elven crafters how to make the rings. I didn't read beyond that. I'm going to assume he did the same thing to the dwarves. Right. Now, I mean, if you're given classes on how to do this stuff, that's pretty much as much, you know, direct involvement as making them yourself. I'd say so. But that's like he couldn't make them himself. So he, he I, I don't know. I don't know if he can't, but I think the plan is more sophisticated that way. Instead yeah. of giving the rings, these guys, you, you kind of, gaslight these guys into making their own which makes them all the more corruptible because they trust their own craft exactly yeah since they made it by their own hands they're more likely to you know put faith in it i feel kind of uncomfortable making so here's i feel uncomfortable making saget a total bad guy but i think it's interesting if it's bob saget saying listen i'm not a villain i'm just playing the role like no, I that's to... that's why I don't want to make Saget into a bad guy. I want Basil Bub to be the bad guy. 
I want Saget to be the guy who nobody believed in, who wanted to create these things and then created them on his own. And now he's gone and people are misusing them. Oh, they're misusing him in his wake. Yeah, because uh, I didn't want him to be the evil, corruptive influence, although I'm sure he would have found that pretty fucking funny. So, uh, shit, where was I? I had a thought. He's not the big bad guy. He just came up with the idea and then everybody's misusing his idea after his death. Well, yeah, he he forged them. And uh, and of course, the last one to be created was the monomyth, which links them all together. All the other ones are actually fairly uh, ineffective without it. That means we have an uh, we have a good because it's in our custody, if I recall. So we have the trump card. Yeah, it is. So are the other have we talked about what the NFTs are? I think I, I think we started talking about them last week and I wrote them down. If if you wrote anything down, I would love to hear what it was, because otherwise, if we're going to go through their forging, then I guess we get to decide what each of them is. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do that. All I wrote. Down I think was they should be kind of like Monopoly playing pieces. One of them is just a shoe. OK, because who says they have to actually be pictures? Anything can be connected to an NFT. Well, of course, exactly. Especially since we're using physical implements for them. Yeah, so I, I, you know, one of them should definitely be a shoe. Maybe it should be the left shoe because Columbo wants that one. Oh, of course. That w- I guess that could be the one the fisherman had. Oh, interesting. Okay, I like that. It was that that particular woman's shoe. Yeah, it's only natural that that's the one he went for. Um, so I guess we should. So I, are we doing this? So did Saget then when he was laughed, he was laughed at out of i guess the billionaire circle or whatever the, the the scheme is there is it sort of like the incredibles where the one kid wanted to be a hero but he couldn't so he, well he became a villain but he went off to his villain island does bob Sega go off to his well villain island where there's a where how does this how does the 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 crypto rift get opened well i think that the original intention is to create objects of power Although how to how to kind of articulate that into an NFT sort of thing, especially back in the 80s when the Internet itself was in its uh, infant stages. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe the original objective has to be completely different from what they get used for now. That would be the best way to probably pervert the original intention is to just have the original intention be something else. The original intention for non-fungible tokens? Yeah, the original intention for crafting these 12 NFTs. 11 and then the 12th to fix them all together. The original intent and it's Saget's intent? Yes, because he's he's the true mastermind, the true heart and soul behind their creation. I, I, I genuinely feel like the only thing that Saget ever wanted to do was make people laugh. And then I guess towards the end of his life, he wanted to make people feel better. Um, and so I guess the, the intent would be something entertaining. All right. So they were just made to be fun. Maybe it was supposed to be like, just like a silly prank, which would be exactly why these, you know, hyper-capitalist dickheads wouldn't have been very into it. But then in the future, everybody figured out that pranks could also be spun as scams. Well, yeah, depending on the prank, it's already not far from being a scam. So... Saget came up with the idea of a a a troll in which people I don't know if he called them because we were calling them not 
finite whatevers. But he came up with the idea of a thing that people could spend money on that was a thing but wasn't a thing. Well, then it definitely would have to mostly just be ordinary stuff that wasn't really worth money, like one shoe. Yeah. One of those like butt handheld buzz things that you do as a little handheld prank. <laughs> yeah, a handshake, handshake buzzer. Yeah, it just like totally innocuous, but otherwise not very valuable stuff. The The prank is to trick people into thinking it's valuable. That's interesting because I think he I think he was a fan of uh, what's his name? Andy Kaufman. Oh, he might have been good so old he, Andy. He might appreciate that sort of thing. Are are we sure Andy's dead yet? No, I think we might have had this conversation too. I think uh, any minute now he's going to be like, ah, I got you. Oh, he's in your house. <laughs> That's a premise for another day. Andy Kaufman's in your house. <laughs> Andy Kaufman's in your house. I like the idea. With, I feel like there's a whole bunch of premises you could play with the idea of Andy Kaufman is X. Yeah, but my very favorite one is that he's actually been living in your cupboards all this time and you've never known. He just kind of he comes out when nobody's home and he raids your pantry. He's been method acting as a cop. <laughs> Until he has to eat. <laughs> he slinks out, rolls back up into the cupboard. Assumes the shape of a cup. Okay, but we... I, we went off track. We, yeah, we need to hammer down his intention and what his proposition was to these guys that he was hoping would assist him in some way. Well, so I wonder if the intention changes a little bit because back in the 80s or I guess 90s, because if we're saying he's assuming he's he's assumed the role, he's he's had his career peaks already. So maybe it's like early 90s or whatever. But all of the people who are big billionaires now, I mean, in real life, weren't really anybody back then. Were they nobody's back then? Were they just like a group of friends and he wanted them to to like go in on a startup with them? And they were all like, nah, whatever, that's a dumb idea. We want to do something. We want to actually impact the world. I mean, at that time, we could regard them as being fledgling, uh, like in in startup stages, for sure. Right. And since they were looking for something to get started in, that's why Saget pro, you know, broached this particular idea, but they didn't really see the money in it. And that's all oh. he saw. He wanted to he wanted to play a good joke, have a few laughs and maybe make a few bucks. He was he was on top of the world and he had 30 different shows at that time. So he was doing OK. He he gave them startup money and helped them get off the ground. And then when he said, hey, I've got this idea to make some people laugh, they were all like, nah, go pound Sam. I think that is exactly the sort of thing that would cause him to spitefully say, I'll make them myself. Yeah, that is funny, though. So he, he wanted to troll people but it because it, it, it is so laughable the 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 base level interpretation of what an nft is and then i guess when you delve into it the actual money laundering that is going on there but it's kind of funny that he proposes a money laundering scheme and they're all like nah yeah well now they all feel like idiots which is why they're all scrambling to get them now that he's gone and now they're up for grabs okay i like it okay so he's he's been a good pal to them loan them money help them out as soon as he asks for their help in getting this off the ground, they refuse him. So he's like, fine, I'll go back to my lair and I'll, he has his Thanos moment, his only one. I'll do it myself. And is there some tie-in to, did, did Bezos or Bezelbub or whatever, did he 
was was Joseph Campbell his favorite writer? Or does he make some sort of like snide Joseph Campbell reference to Saget when he turns him down? That makes it sort of ironic that the the secret monomyth MacGuffin is a Joseph Campbell reference. I mean, that would add an, an additional layer to the irony of it. I meant to use the word irony. If I didn't use irony, that is what I meant. I think you did. There there was some iron in there. Some. Oh, is it N-E? What is iron? F-E? That's F-E. F-E. It's, it's, e it's getting there. pretty ironic in here. Oh, so did he already he so it's not even a villain island. He that was just his private island. He was a, a rich celebrity with three successful shows. And so he bought an island and he goes there and oh, he's toiling in his Saget cave or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the this the oh, no, this this island is, of course, the one that becomes the NFT island. So he's in he's in Mount Poon. Right, but see, we named it that after we decided that the thought yacht would be going there. Yes, was, it's it's oh. it's renamed to Mount Poon by a bunch of like general horny perverts. Before it, it or... becomes Mount Poon, it has to be something else. But Saget works blue all the time, anyways, so he might have called it Mount Poon. You think that was funny? That's true. I I suppose then the the entire island should be in the shape of a butt and. Uh, that would probably be the reason why it was chosen to be NFT Island. I bet nobody even knows that it happens to be the birthplace of those 12. That would make it an interesting coincidence. Just a coincidence. No, it was destiny. <laughs> well, that's an interesting idea, though. Was it foretold in a prophecy? Scribbled on the back of the mommy myth. So is he like, was he trying to do some sort of early internet hacking or something like that was he trying to use a computer to instill the the his he assembled his objects well what is the order of this though so it was it was of course it was originally supposed to just be a prank he wound up he wound up channeling all of his bad feelings into them which is what sauron did and and thereby he created actual objects of power Instead of instead of making worthless things that he could then use to prank people, he created really, really valuable and powerful things. Ah, right. Because he had the objects. He presented them to the friends to show them, look, I have this object, this object, this object. And they say, no, that's stupid. Get out of here. And he goes back. And so is he like ranting to himself on his island? Yeah, probably telling like a whole bunch of dirty jokes to himself. And as he's telling the dirty jokes, he starts like slowly glowing or they start glowing. Is it? A, he is it he glows. He glows and the glow gets transmitted into the things. He starts seething and it just gets sucked up into the objects. How does. So was the island that he lived on? Was there already a volcano there? Yes. I'm not going to suggest that Saget created his own volcano just to forge stuff in. In fact, he brought them to the volcano to dispose of them spitefully because his friends said his ideas were stupid. So, oh, so it's it's I so it's an actual volcano with lava. Hell yeah! Oh, see, so this entire time I've been imagining this is a place like when we were talking about it's a place that the thought yacht goes to. I imagined it as a place that the thought yacht went there because there is this torrent of crypto pouring out of the ground. And I thought that's kind of like what we were discussing, how that torrent of crypto got opened up by Saget. But this is oh, but, a volcano. But that's, that's the thing is 
once you throw a whole bunch of items into the volcano and then they become imbued with all of your bad feelings, who's to say the volcano itself isn't changed by this into a mountain of crypto? He throws the items. He throws the items into the volcano. Yeah, spitefully, because he's, you know, doing the spite mumbling all the way up the volcano. He's going to throw them in because his friends said they were stupid. Haven't you ever tossed your toys away like that? When somebody said they were stupid, no. Um, I toss my friends away. No, but when you when you feel as though you've been slighted that badly and the cause of that slight is an object. Yeah, I get it. I'm just trying to figure out the order of operations. He throws so he had eleven objects and so he throws those eleven objects in. Have they yes. are they are they already magic when he throws them in? No, they become magic once they land in there. Because they it's get just spit back out. It's a fan yeah, it's a fancy volcano and they get spat back out. Ah, so he throws them in, the the volcano starts to glow bright blue, and then now it's a crypto volcano and it spits them back out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then he uses that crypto volcano to forge the twelfth piece, which superpower supercharges all the other ones. And the screen, the 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 the, the, the there's uh, lightning flashes or whatever, and the the screen fades out as he says, "I'll show you a prank or whatever." Yeah, that's he has a villainous moment. He he thinks this will be really funny now. So everything that we just described, then. I'm imagining would not involve any of our cast being a part of it unless we're observing like Christmas Carol style. I think that would be how it would have to be. If we're going to be aware of it at all, we're watching it through some kind of crystal ball or something. Oh, the crystal ball is sort of interesting, especially if it, if it's occurring during a Gandalf style exposition dump from the lowest dungeon to the highest peak. Was there a thing that we do? Didn't we do a thing when when we went to save Gandalf from his fight with Kevin Smith? Didn't Kevin Smith have a crystal ball? I think so. Probably. That seems like a thing the warlock would have. He definitely had a bowling ball and it definitely fell on his head. Maybe the bowling ball was a crystal ball. <laughs> That's funny. You buff it with a, with your elbow. You do a little a little well, a buff. No, it was just it was just dirty. It was a crystal ball all along. Never mind the three holes. That's just to make it easy to carry. And for fuck a ball Friday. I I don't know about you, but I think those holes are a little bit small. That was Sagat's joke. You know what? He would make that joke about his crystal ball, wouldn't he? (laughs) Okay, so is is the you had mentioned that Saget is known by many names and wears many faces. Do, well, yeah, is, if, if we're going to establish him as a prankster, I think we're going full Loki with him and everybody is going to think he's something else. Oh, OK, that's more. I was going to say, does he have like a rotating head and it's got like three sides or whatever? But if he's doing like he's shape shifting, that's fun. Yeah, he's a trickster guy. Yeah. Which which means that he's just as interested in making himself laugh as anybody. He tickles himself. I mean, life is a little too short not to tickle yourself. <laughs> That's a good bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't want anybody reading that I've got that on my car. <laughs> it's funny. If you're going to have one bumper sticker, it's life is a little too short to not tickle yourself. Find me one honest person who's going to disagree. 
I don't have that kind of time. Life's too short. I, I know lots of dishonest ones will, you know, disagree, but no honest people will disagree. They'll all be like, yeah, life's too short. Better tickle myself. All right, everybody listening, I encourage you to take a tickle break. Yeah, look after yourself. We'll wait. Put the pause. The the next page ding. Ring. Yeah, we're not we're not going anywhere. Everybody should take good care of themselves and and indulge in a little bit of self tickling now and then. It's healthy. You won't go blind. What about the island of eternal tickling or perpetual tickling? I can't remember. Tickling into perpetuity. I think if we're gonna have a tickle island, it should just be tickle island. Okay. Either that or it's like uh, Uncle Touchy's Tickle Basement. One of the best brand names. Uncle Touchy's Puzzle Basement. <laughs> uh, that's a Patton Oswalt. That's a It's a hard one not to steal. It is because it's so funny and terrible. It's very effective. Uncle Touchy. Ooh, uh, and his basement full of puzzles. You can very clearly see it in your mind's eye. Yeah, I didn't have to think too hard, that's for sure. It was really low effort to conjure that image in my mind. So there's the island. There's the volcano that gets turned into a cryptocano by the process through which Saget accidentally creates the first 11 NFTs and then deliberately creates the 12th that, in the darkness, binds them. Sh shall we go through and decide what each of the NFTs are. I guess so. So there's a boot or a shoe. I, I like a boot, like a, like an ankle boot that's like needs to be laced up. So it's like a loose one, yeah. loose peasant ankle boot, <laughs> loose peasant ankle boot. It's a green item. <laughs> it's it's a gray item because it's a single. If it were a pair, it would be a green item. Although it becomes legendary after it's turned into an NFT when it's combined with the mommy myth. Of course, yes. When it's bound. In the darkness. There's one of those hula things that you put on your dashboard. Oh, like a little dancing doll? Yeah. Kind of like a bobblehead, but it does the hula dance? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but it needs, to, it needs to be a hula hooping desk troll with pink oh, hair. Okay. With pink hair. No substitute. I think another one maybe could be the world's greatest dad mug. Yeah, it's is it world's world. Yeah, it's a is it a full, a full house world's greatest Danny Tanner? Yeah, it's got a perpetual like coffee stain ring on the inside. So, you know, it's been used. OK, that's three. Eleven is a daunting number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there could be a bunch of nothing ones. Um, well, yeah, sure. One of them is like a pen stolen from the bank it's still got the chain on the end of it okay a bank pen gotta try and think of seemingly worthless everyday items especially if you've seen them in full house type sitcoms oh interesting common sitcom props would be the best like tropey tropey things yeah and and if uh creative thought fails you just remember some of the you know, monopoly tokens you can choose to play as. Well, I was thinking about that. I was wondering if these these should all be like full house, full house props specifically from scenes or yeah, more just generally. Well, if we're going to go with him being successful because of a multitude of shows, then we can we don't have to play around exclusively with full house. Yeah, that's true. 
And also, since we created this universe, we can go ahead and invent whatever show for him and whatever props for him we want. But I think it is fair to say that every single one of them did come off of a set that he was working on somewhere. Actors take stuff home with them all the time. Just ask Robert Downey Jr. I will try to remember if I get the chance. I remember him telling a whole story about he he stole some he stole the A sign from the Avengers, if I recall. That seems like a big one. Is one of them a uh, a lighter with no fluid in it? Oh, yeah. That seems like exactly the kind of thing. Because if it's got fluid in it, it's too useful. A single chopstick. Hmm. You know what? I think a single stick might still... Oh, just a stick? Maybe maybe it's a drumstick. Not, not, a, not, not a chicken leg. A drumstick from a drum kit. That's still useful. You only need one. You can do more with a drumstick than you can with a chopstick. I can do everything with a chopstick that you can do with a drumstick, and I challenge you to prove otherwise. I have, I have no rebuttal. <laughs> I didn't think so. Oh, man. Are we still on number four? No, we're, we, we have five. <laughs> a pair of suspenders. A pack of cigarettes. Oh, but it's only got one left and it's broken in half. That's actually kind of sad. One broken cigarette? Yeah. You ever feel like life is just handing you a pack of smokes and it's just empty except for one and it's broken? Yeah. Sounds like a Louis C.K. bit. Seems like Louis C.K.'s career. He seems to be bouncing back. Yeah, isn't there? I don't know if it's coming out or the new Sorry one, but the last Sincerely one I enjoyed. Yeah, I think he had a special not long ago. The only thing I like about him these days is his emails. The emails make me laugh. What I, I think I'm fairly certain that he writes them, and that's what I appreciate about them most. Yeah, I just kind of wish that he would write comedy like he writes his emails. It's a lot to ask of people, honestly. Yeah, I think it is, because I bet those emails, despite being relatively short, take a while to craft. Oh, is 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 one of the NFTs the condom that you've had in your wallet since seventh grade? Yeah, you know what? That seems like the kind of thing that Saget would toss in there. Oh, I guess it's, would say it have a couple blue things like there's a dildo or a, it's a butt plug. Naturally, it would have to be a butt plug, but it would be a novelty butt plug. It's a novelty butt plug in the packaging with the it's still unwrapped. And it's it's got like a, a realistic looking hand giving the thumbs up. So it it looks like there's somebody up your ass reaching out to give the Terminator thumbs up. The product brand the the product is literally called the up yours. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I you know what? That seems like a kind of gag gift that should already exist, but I've never seen anything like it. I've seen a fist, never seen a thumb. You've seen a fist, but like the fist was coming out. I've seen well, fists. I've seen fists that were supposed to go in, but this is one where it's it's hanging off the end of the actual butt plug, so it looks like somebody's up your ass and sticking their arm out of you. Oh, oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, someone's reaching up and out of your ass to give somebody else oh, that's, a thumbs that's up. Funny, yeah. There's no way I'm the first person to think of that. That's too funny. Like you're saying, instead of like some have like a tail, but this one has just like a thumb hanging out. Like, yep, all good in here. Yeah, it's it's like it's like all the way to the wrist. Somebody's entire hand is coming out. That's very funny. I if there are any NFTs, that's the one I want to have and keep. Okay, thumbs up butt plug. Yeah. Th that's got to be a real thing. There's no way it's not. 
it just has to be light enough so it doesn't kind of pull itself out. I'm trying to think of a fallout joke because that dude's given a little thumbsy uppy and fallout is a funny word to attach next to butthole. <laughs> the the uh, too many rads. <laughs> Not that kind of radical dude. No, it's it's uh, radioactivity pouring out. We're going to have to plug it. That's nine. We need two more. Are you writing these down? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, should we do one of the like actual uh, joke shop pranks, like fake vomit, uh, whoopee cushion, hand buzzer? Since it's Saget, I assume it's going to be fake shit. Oh, there's fake dog poop, and then there's real dog poop. Actually, uh, we probably better stay away from those props because this is the Carrot Top show. Oh, that's true. And uh, that's his favorite thing. Somebody else wrote his joke, and then he he brought it to the stage. Oh, is it? Is there? It's an old '80s telephone handset. Oh, rotary dial phone. Yeah, just heavy enough to bonk somebody over the head with. Is one of the Monopoly things a uh, even older fashioned rotary phone? No, but it's an old fashioned automobile, a thimble. We got a wheelbarrow, an old, an old peasant ankle boot, a dog, looks like a Scottish Terrier, a frickin' boat, looks like almost either a cruise liner or some kind of big ship. There's a top hat. There's an old fashioned iron. There's an expanded selection for uh, other types of Monopoly games as well. Should one of them be like the should one of them be the golden ring from the Lord of the Rings? But mm. we already have the one ring. I don't know why. Oh, nice. One of the pieces from the expanded Monopoly selection is actually a thumbs up hand that ends at the wrist. All we got to do is <laughs> a butt plug to it and it's good. Maybe it should be a pair of sunglasses. Clear sunglasses with no shading so that it's useless. Okay. Oh, those Kanye West sunglasses. Oh, no actual lenses, just like slitted shades. Yeah. Those are the kinds that I hate the most, and I would definitely support them being thrown into a volcano. Oh, that's funny. They're not even one of the NFTs. He was just trying to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and and you know what? While we're here, fuck this in oh, particular. Actually, that is kind of funny. If he throws like all of his Kanye West clothes, he throws his Yeezys, all of it. No, I just hate these. Yeah, well, while we're here, fuck this in particular. These suck, yeah. But the sunglasses come back. Okay, that's all of them. And then, as they're all finished being pooled in there, he tosses them in a pile. They scatter as they fall. They bloop into the lava. Lava changes color, probably. Does its, uh, you know, it does its, its science presentation baking soda and vinegar thing where it foams up and it spills out. So, obviously... Saget has to run for it. And then when he comes back to inspect the damage, all of the NFTs have been spit back out. Oh, and so I, I was trying to figure out how to tie in Joseph Campbell in some way. And so maybe instead of just a, ra a random quote, maybe uh, Basil Bub. Oh, this is perfect because Basil Bub is just getting his book, his garage book selling uh, store off the ground. He gives Saget, he says, here, listen. You want to be the hero, learn how to follow in the steps of a hero or something like that. And he gives him a copy of the hero's journey. And so as Saget is all bitter and throwing things into the volcano, either after he realizes that they get imbued with power, he throws the book in or he throws the book in as the first bitter note. 
or at like the last bitter note of he throws the he throws all the NFTs in and then in like a, a moment of anger he throws the book in and then that pops out as the last thing is the monomyth for him. Yeah, it it definitely has to be done last and unlike the other ones, this one gets thrown in with the intent to create an NFT like a, a object of power. Okay, so th- so this I... one gets done deliberately and that's why it's so much more powerful than the other ones and binds them all together because this one was he poured himself into this one. Right. Okay. I like it. Because he takes all of his spite towards Basilbub who who is still basically mocking him because that's what this is. And and now it's he has his villain moment. It's brief, but it creates the the mommy myth. Do do we have a scene where he wakes up in the morning and makes some sort of declaration of regretting his villain moment or something? Do we completely Probably. Probably. I think I think that would be good. Then then of course he's going to either hide them away or or scatter them. Oh yeah, so he tries to he tries to throw the NFTs into Mount Doom again. Oh but, he, yeah, he tries to unmake them and that fails. But now that yeah, now that it's a crypto event, it doesn't destroy them. They just keep popping out. So he's like, okay, I gotta hide them. He scatters them around. Yeah, they they because they're they're the most dangerous when they're all together. So he they get flung to the far corners of the world. Does he he calls up Dave Coulier to come help him distribute them? <laughs> Yeah, why not? Who else can we throw in here? I mean, Stamos as well, or are we trying to uh, step out of... He calls Tom Bergeron. Oh, haven't we had... uh, Didn't we have Dangerfield in our show somewhere before? I'm sure we did somewhere, because even on our show, he gets no respect. Precisely. I know that we've mentioned him before, because I know that we made the reference to getting no respect. Well, yeah, the man is a meme. There is no separating him from that meme. Um, okay, so we, is that the whole thing he wakes up and distri- so are we going to see him distribute them then? How much of this needs to be covered? How do we tie us in? Well, I'm assuming that we're watching this happen through the crystal ball, and I'm assuming that it's being narrated to us by our Gandalf. So how, how so, did it, how did it, how did it start? Did the scene start in the Tucker and Todd world with us going about some business and then we somehow end up looking at the crystal ball or does it start and media res or whatever it's called inside the, 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 I guess, view of that world. And then at a Tucker and Todd have been watching through a crystal ball. Well, we probably didn't, we just get onto a helicopter. A helicopter. I mean, we in the last, in the last episode, we, Definitely make it back to the studio. It's been a while, but we're still kind of keeping our eye out for any sign of the NFT's use. Plato definitely wants to educate us on their significance because almost certainly one of us is using one of the ones we have to prop up a table leg or some shit. Oh, we're doing something irresponsible with it, doing that. So what exactly are these things? Yeah, so we'll... I mean, whatever we'll be doing, it'll be something irresponsible and inappropriate. And Plato will be like, you shouldn't be doing that. You can't do that. That's that's all wrong. These are dangerous. And he'll be like, whatever. Says who? I don't believe it. And then he'll be like, all right, that's it. It's time to learn you boys. And then he, he le- does his Miss Frizzle. He leans over to Stray Woman and says, strap them down. To which she almost certainly frowns and gives him that that look, you know. We're not licensed for that. Yeah, that uh, 
That sounds sexual harassmenty in the workplace-ish, Plato. I don't care if you are from ancient Greece. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. You know what I mean, lady. Just make them sit down. They need to see this. Yeah, they need to see this. And then Plato proceeds to go exposition dump on us, complete with, uh, you know, a show of you. We get the crystal ball. We get to buff it off, of course. Maybe Plato buffs it off. We just look at it. He's like, you need to look at this. And we'll be like, a bowling ball? No, no. And then he he buffs it out and it's a crystal ball. It's it just, a protector. It was just really dusty in the Warlock's apartment. Are we in the Warlock's apartment? Where are we? We're in the studio, probably. He brought it with him. Yeah, why not? It's a useful artifact. Why leave it behind? It didn't break guess, when it hit the warlock on the head. I guess he would have been gathering artifacts all along. I'm sure his apartment or wherever. I don't even know where he stays. I don't know. I think he has like a bunk in our studio. Our yeah, studio there's like, there's no telling where Plato stays. He probably just like walks in and out from our, you know, our door to the outside. Oh, yeah. I think of him as like Shepherd Book. I think of him as like Kramer. He just kind of bursts in. He just appears when it's narratively convenient. Jerry. And so when we see this, the crystal ball, then so the first thing we see is the scene in which Saget is proposing NFTs to his friends. Yes, that'll be that'll be where it starts. He's going to show us the origin. They were crafted by this man, Bob Saget. That might be the name you know him by, but. He has known many names over history's duration. And we're like, Danny Tanner? And he's like, no. We're like, funniest home videos guy? That was that, that was actually his name. Those the are Dan- just a few of the faces he has worn. The faceless father's voice from How I Met Your Mother? He's been all over history. <laughs> and then And then we get to watch them get forged and all that. And now, and now we're at the the part of the little tale where he gets to scattering them. Now, the locations aren't super important to the narrative because currently all 12 of them are either in our custody or in basil bubs. So none of them are missing or unaccounted for. So where they go, it doesn't really matter. They've probably since they were scattered, they've probably moved around several times. So that's probably the scattering is probably where Plato decides to stop showing us the movie except except for uh any possible real world historical events that they might have influenced that would have been funny to have them be the root cause of and contrary to what other people think it is that is interesting like world war one somehow even though it occurred way before they were created it wasn't caused by the assassination of archduke franz ferdinand it was actually caused by that boot <laughs> <laughs> like the these are anachronistic. This occurred in the. <laughs> we have no respect for the continuity of time. So we question that even. So Plato tells this us this whole story. Well, that's not to say that somebody from time didn't pop into the '90s, grab one of these NFTs, then go back in time with them. Yeah, uh, some of them have resonance from multiple points in time that they definitely shouldn't. You see these suspenders? These belong to Mussolini. <laughs> they're just they're just no wonder the volcano couldn't destroy them they were actually significant artifacts of history well maybe not significant but history left its mark on them enough that that this special volcano just couldn't do them in you see this bank pen 
it caused the World Trade Centers to fall. This rotary dial phone, it could have prevented, what it, was it the use of the JFK assassination? Oh, yeah, it, it could have stopped the JFK assassination, or it could have shortened the Cold War by a decade. These and Oh, and he gets to the sunglasses. These are Kanye West sunglasses. They suck. <laughs> yeah, without these, Kanye West never would have happened. An even worse disaster than Caddyshack 2. In our world, Kanye West is the president right now. Ooh, ooh. Talk about a dystopia. Okay, that's fun. Are we going to do them with all 12? Yeah, ah, I think that would be great. If except we can, for the monomyth? If we can, except for the monomyth. The monomyth was the only one that uh, is totally unaccounted for in history. Lost to time. Despite how the monomyth has been taught in school. Right. But the only known case of it was the one Gollum found it and it fucked up his life. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it fucked up Gollum's life because by itself, without any of its mates, it's probably really a problem. Oh, so one of them was a condom that never got used. What whose life would it have prevented? Who Hitler, Hitler never would have been born. So this is the kind <laughs> of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that. I don't uh, maybe. No, I don't want to say Trump, but. So someone annoying, somebody, oh, somebody. Top. Yeah. Okay. Carrot top. He's annoying and low impact. This is the condom that belonged to carrot top's father. Thanks to wit not being used. Carrot top was born. Bob Saget hated him. And, and thanks to carrot top being born prop stores were actually able to turn a profit. One of them didn't like, wasn't associated to, to anything like catastrophic or, or anything. It was just like this Bic lighter, it belonged to just, I don't know, Amelia Earhart or not even Amelia Earhart. No, I just thought that was worth noting. Oh, well, no, it, it ran out of. Uh, I think I think that one should probably be attached to a like a massive calamity. The thanks to not being able to light a cigarette, somebody went postal. <laughs> All of these things are related to Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think Caratop is probably the, the the lowest impact of them all. So we might do the arson, murder, and jaywalking trope where we list him last. Oh, okay. So it was a Bic lighter that belonged to, um, what was his name? The Oklahoma courthouse explosion. Can't remember. Now, we can't definitively say that if he had managed to actually light that cigarette that he wouldn't have still done something terrible. It's true. But it's it's up in the air. He, he couldn't have that calming cigarette, and then he did bad things. The world's greatest uh, dad mug belongs to Cosby. Oh, that explains why he was there looking for it. Oh, yeah. Or looking for one anyway. Yep, okay, that's his. I think that's a significant amount of them. I don't think we need to do all of them, do we? How many are left? Oh, right, there's the, the hula hoop bobblehead desk troll. There's the butt plug. We can't not do that one. Come on. Oh, well, I guess that one that that one was just Bob Saget's. No, that'd be funny. And this was your mother's. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's I think I think Plato will funny if Plato is this was your mother's owned. <laughs> yeah, he needs to chalk that one up to just being a joke and then immediately move on without explaining where it actually came from. So it's it's left vague as to whether he was telling the truth or not. <laughs> Boom, roasted, and he tosses it over his shoulder. 
Yeah, I mean, it's still in the packaging, so it's never been used. It was a novelty gag gift. Okay, and then the uh, death troll? What? Then the, the death, death troll. troll. That, that, was, that was the very first Karens. Oh, is that our, is that the Madam Supreme Universal Karen? Yeah, Please she's never she's, come back to that. She's the very first Karen ever. She used to work in accounting. That was her desk troll. Okay. I would put that slightly over Carrot Top in severity in terms of world decimating calamity. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, I think that's all of them then. So that, that gives Plato like one hell of a, of a long talking period. He gets to give us that entire exposition dump and then he goes through each of them like they're infinity stones because that's exactly what they did. They went, they went through each infinity stone. Do we uh, make a, do we acknowledge that it's taken a very long time to do all of this exposition and we put in an intermission break? Do we, do we have Tucker and Todd dressed up doing the, let's all go to the lobby. Oh, like in like bellhop costumes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Tucker would look rather dashing in a little bellhop costume with a hat that's a <laughs> little like bit that. too big. Like wasn't Todd wasn't his wasn't what's his name? Frodo. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. He is a bellhop named Todd in one of the shows that makes us very excited. Oh yes. Dirk Gently uh Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency. Yeah. Yes, he is a bellhop and he does wear the hat. It comes full circle. So let's all go to the lobby. That means it should uh, it should actually cut out mid-sentence on Plato and cut back in mid-sentence on Plato with no continuity between them so that it sounds like it's a whole like it's skipped whatever was in between. Oh, a whole uh, that's very funny. Just just in case there was just make it sound like there might have been important information or he's just completed a hilarious anecdote and he's laughing like everybody finds oh, everybody everybody's laughing. laughing. I like so, that. Yeah. <laughs> the audience just missed the joke. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the lobby. And that's why I'm not allowed within 100 meters of a school. Anyway, that's how I lost my <laughs> medical license. That's why they call it platonic. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call it tectonic instead of platonic. Ooh, that hey, son of a bitch! Tectonics. That son of a bitch beat me to it. Okay, so it it flashes forward, and he's finishing up his exposition dump. Um, are we going to that island to, to look for clues or something? Oh, yeah. I suppose that we don't know how to use the monomyth to try to bind the other nfts so if there's anywhere we could go to try and find clues as to how to do that it would be at the source so maybe that whole looking at the the entire time that we've been looking at this um crystal ball thing we weren't at the studio or whatever we've been on plato's jet or i don't know our jet whatever the helicopter we use from the last i think i think we've been on a on a boat but we're in the same we're in a, a room in the boat's interior, sitting on the same sofa as we use in the studio so that it's not oh. clear that we're in a boat. The studio is in, in, the box is on the boat. Yeah, like like whatever we're doing, it needs to appear to be within the studio until the camera pa pans out. And then it shows that we're actually sailing in the direction of the island. I like that. That's great. 
Yeah, and why why did we decide to try to craft a miniature studio within the boat? Because the boys had to be tricked into going on a school trip. Oh, I thought it was because we need the comforts of home, but I do think it's funny. It, we're being, we're, yeah. They're gaslighting us because we keep saying no more adventures. <laughs> so they build a studio on a boat. Yeah, and we just like wake up in it. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I seems perfectly reasonable. They're like, so you want us to go all the way out there to that island? I don't think so. And Plato will be like, eh, 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 don't worry, boys. I think it'll happen sooner than you think. And then it pans out. And we're already almost there. So so when we are almost already there, then is it at this point now the resort? Has that all been built there or is it being built? It's being built. It should be in the process of being built. So there's ecological damage and scaffolding and, you know, all lots of really careless infrastructure development. But. Sagat's house or his lair or wherever all that stuff took place is like on the other side of the island, all boarded up and nobody knows it's there or something like that. Yeah, the the construction is slowly creeping in that direction, but it hasn't gotten there yet. But we do have to sneak by some guys. We have to we have to have some kind of a sequence, like a stealth sequence, something where we actually have to move around and stretch our legs, you know? Because the boys have been sitting on a couch literally this entire episode. Yeah, time for some infiltration. Yeah, which quite possibly means that Todd just rolls Tucker up and like actually bowling balls him in the direction of people who are watching and knocks him over. They, it makes the bowling ball noise. Oh, yeah, they got to fall down like the pins. And since this is a cartoon, Todd has to say, strike. Lucky so, strike. So, he turns yeah. to the camera like our sponsor this week. <laughs> yeah it's not raid shadow legends lucky strike can we I, I don't think you can do that anymore i don't think anybody's allowed to advertise cigarettes i don't think you can oh lucky strike he turns to the camera he says a brand of matches that sounds like a brand of cigarettes ha! Uh-huh. very close very funny and you strike them you don't strike a, a cigarette no you don't you strike which, a white yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah, that's going to get like a, a pretty ugly look from straight woman. And she'll be right. <laughs> yes. If I can't batter women, how am I supposed to bake them a cake then? You can batter fish, but you can't batter a woman. True. I love battered fish. I like most things battered. Me too, except, of course, for women. Yes, the w- women is the only thing, I guess, and children. Fine. Yeah, I. you know what? I don't like children at all. Battered or otherwise. Battered or otherwise. Although I prefer that all children remain unbattered and all women. In fact, you know what? I would prefer that just all beings remain unbattered, but I also still only want to be exposed to a very small portion of any of them. So not so much battered as buffered? Yeah, I want a buffer for sure. And I want that buffer to be willing to batter. (laughs) Okay. Anything that gets too close. All right, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. One fish, blue, like blue all the fish? One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. That was the storybook that I got read as a child. A lot. Mine was green eggs and ham. I got green eggs and ham as well, but I found I found the the idea of redfish, bluefish to be much more compelling, apparently. 
Um, see, mine was I the I started with uh, Green Eggs and Ham, and then the one that I read over and over was Fox and Socks. I think that's probably one of the ones I never got into. There's two types of people in this world. Avoid both. Well, that, but also redfish, bluefish, and fox and socks. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right, so we we managed to avoid a clever series of obstacles. Do you want to do one obstacle, or do you want to do best out of three, as we usually do? I'm just, are they... And and just so we're aware, I'm thinking that the end of today's episode is upon reaching and starting our search at Saget's lair. Is there going to be an unexpected visitor that we hear announce themselves but don't see? As the ah, scene kind so of- so they're they're standing in the audience perspective, and uh, we turn to look at them with a shocked look and then fade to black. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing we would do. That's pretty standard. As for your obstacles, are they like traps, booby traps? Uh, they don't necessarily have to be traps. Like one of them can be a couple of construction guys who happen to be lookouts because it's a it's a restricted area. One of them can be like a locked gate that I don't know. You just like throw Tucker over and he unlocks it from the other side because these guys are our, our foes here are not really clever. I'm just trying to gamify the end of this a little guard dogs that we distract with something. Stray woman says that we need a distraction. And so we, we dress, we dress up as sexy dogs and she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was our chance to bust out our fur suits. Oh, we have like, like like furry, like those Fox suits that are so popular. Yes. Actual fur convention suits. Don't ask where we've got them. I know a guy. (laughs) We know a guy. Oh, they, yeah. Obviously they came out of the, the, uh, the hoodie, the bunny suit. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We need a narrative contrivance. This is, this is how we got it. And any, any adjustments to those obstacles? I don't think so. I mean, could one be like a moat? How how do you want to conquer the moat? Like, I wish that there was something funnier than like sharks or alligators. Oh, there is. It's full of surfer bros. You know, SoCal surfer guys. Sup, bro? If you get too close, they grab you and they spend the next two hours trying to teach you how to surf. Oh, is it? it or it's like it's a bunch of lone sharks or or pool sharks. Some other play on a shark. I mean, no reason not to have both. They're just in there circling. What were weren't weren't the uh, the 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 bad guys from? Oh, what's that musical? I want to live in America. West Side Story. Were oh. they called the Sharks? I think so. A bunch of greaser gangsters. Yeah, the Sharks. Well, in that case, as they as they swim around, they have to be snapping their fingers. Yeah, that's very funny to me. A bunch of a bunch of greaser sharks snapping their fingers in the moat. We can't go in there. It's full of sharks. <laughs> and then the camera pans over to him and there's just a bunch of these dickheads just like squirming around and they're snapping their fingers, just vaguely threatening. And they say, what you looking at, chum? Ooh, chum, chummer. OK, that's that's traps and obstacles sorted. But how do, how do we get over the moat? Do we have to elongate Todd and walk across him? Oh, there, that's a good idea. I wasn't sure if it because there I'm just trying to remember how it goes in the Pink Panther. The the clues. Well, I was going to say the Cluzo one, the Peter Sellers ones. 
there's a bit where he's trying to get over a moat and I can't remember how it plays out. Like he's trying to pull vault over, but he could have just gone over the drawbridge like that gag. Oh, oh, so there's a little bridge like 10 feet to one side just out of frame. But we decide to like grab uh, Todd and grab him by the tail and start cranking it, which causes him to elongate. <laughs> oh, that's push good. him over. And then we just walk across him and then pull him in. And then and then we lift his tail and he shrinks back down to his normal size. I like the idea of using Todd as as a bridge, but he gets abused in some way. Like he he gets beat up as you walk over him. It's uncomfortable. And he gets like his tail or the some part of him. He gets a little chunk taken out of him by one of the sharks. He's all scuffed up and covered in boot prints now. He looks like he's been yeah. kicked half to death. It makes we do like marching army sound effects as they trample over him. Yeah, it it sounds like an entire military parade. Yeah. And so so we reclaim Todd and he's just kind of a little worse for wear, kind of scuffed up. And yeah, as we said, the pans over and we could have just crossed the drawbridge. Nobody notices this. Nobody comments. We all just move on. And then so and then just like that, we're inside. Do we is it is it like we find a house first and it seems like it's like a nice house, but fairly modest. And then we find a secret entrance or whatever. Or is it clearly like a big, crazy mansion thing? No, I think I think your first idea is the best out of those two. It should be an unassuming bungalow and it should be boarded up and dusty basically a condemned building ready to fall apart. We walk up and go to open the door and like it pulls right off the hinges and falls down, but it's all boarded up anyway. So we have to break in. Oh, is it the thing where it's like the, the house is boarded up and dusty, but the whole, you know how in breaking bad, the, uh, the, the, the laundry machine would lift up the whole house, like lifts up on, on a hatch and there's a, a massive entrance down into a very, prime fancy high-tech looking basement i like that on the condition that tucker and todd are inside of the house when it tilts oh and it rolls them out the door yeah i think they should fall out a window yeah something that wasn't broken now it is that this of course means that todd is now in even worse shape he's got glass sticking out of him yeah he's he's missing a couple of hit points and, oh, and Tucker is not, and Todd looks at him like, how are you unscathed? And, and, and Tucker shrugs and says, animation budget. Animation budget. And also, Tucker might have used Todd as a landing pad. A toboggan. Yeah, and, and if Tucker does land on Todd, Todd squeaks like a squeaky toy. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it should be an obnoxious squeak like those squeaky chickens. The rubber chicken screech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. maybe that's a little too obnoxious. That's that's like making somebody watch both directions of the uh, Chekhov's hallway. We can only do that kind of thing so many times in a season. True. It's been this season has been chock a block. Oh, I don't even remember. So straight woman finds the lever that causes the entire house to tilt to reveal that it's actually a big concrete slab with a stairwell in the middle of it leading straight down. It's like a big hydraulic tilt thing that that opens up yeah revealing that staircase that we then descend and we find the lab i guess or the the layer whatever's down there that's what we find and then we're like somebody needs to say a one-liner of some kind something that can then be responded to by whoever comes up behind us i guess i guess this is time for tucker to say well this seems highly unlikely 
and and the and then the other voice says like or or does it or something like that yeah something like on the contrary you know do we do a, a a bat cave kind of reveal? I think we did this joke with something else. I can't remember what it was, a Narnia thing or something. But do we reveal like like his his like wardrobe? He's got his Danny Tanner suit. It's like a sweater and slacks or whatever. Oh, yes. A hundred times yes. All all of his all of his best roles are there, including just like every stand up suit that he has worn. Yeah. Every single one of them is a different face somehow. And there, there's a monitor array, but it's all CRT TVs and they're all watching like All in the Family and whatnot. Oh, yeah. It's very homey. It's the homiest villain cave you've ever seen. Which is appropriate considering it's not a villain cave, but it is a lair. Because Saget in this story is simply misunderstood. And also uh, in memoriam. We miss you, Bob. I'm trying to figure out a play on... Somehow somebody makes a cut. You already said it was the highly unlikely, but I'm trying to figure out a, a, a layer thing where he says something. I'm, let, here, let me. I need to write the words out. I need to see them in front of me. You can keep talking or give me a moment. I'm not sure. Whatever you want. Take take the moment. Okay, I still feel like there's a better version of it in which one person can set it up. But right now, the line that I've got that we can workshop is, you know, villains and comedians are a lot like ogres and onions. We can all have layers. I saw you got booted. Did you hear what I said? Are you present? What did I miss? I got disconnected by the RTC. Oh, um, I was saying that I don't have. I, I I I prefer this to be set up as like one character sets it up and then another character finishes the line. But I haven't gotten it that far. Maybe we can workshop it. But the line is, you know, villains and comedians are a lot like ogres and onions. We can all have layers. <laughs> Well, then, well, then the, the part that the villain, the actual villain is creeping up behind us needs to say is we all have layers. Oh, right. This is I don't know why I thought that it was Saget. It's not Saget there. Saget's dead. Who is here? Do we know? We don't know. Do you I mean, and I know? We have I, know. I don't know. I haven't decided. But since we don't have to reveal it, we can pretend like we do know. It, it, it might be Basilbub himself. It might be Matthew McConaughey sent by him. Right. And who, who knows? It could be an agent. It could be Bill Cosby. Oh, he was after them. Yeah, we thought we vanquished him, but you cannot destroy pure evil. Not so long as his world's greatest dad mug still exists. Is that who it actually is? Or is that a what's it called? Like a debate? That's the new term. What's the uh, uh, a misdirect? Where he steps out and says, oh, you like he he reveals himself and we're like, are you serious? Because we just keep running into this guy and then we quickly dispatch him or somebody else shows up and quickly dispatches him. And that's the actual person who we don't reveal until next week. I, I, I think we'll leave it up in the air as to who it is. But whoever it is, they they can finish that line by saying we both have layers. Maybe it should be a competing comedian. I don't know. Maybe it's Carrot Top. <laughs> oh, interesting. He, he's come he's come for the props he wants the butt plug i don't know that we don't we don't have to decide who it is yet because the camera doesn't pan back to look the camera stays focused on us and our expression of shock yeah in my like i'm just trying to the way that i think that stories would go i feel like this would be somebody new 
somebody it, who it, is like it certainly could be. And if it is someone new, then it's an agent sent by Basil Bub. An agent sent by Basil Bub, or like the other other reveal is it somebody who was a uh, an associate of Saget who is living uh, here now, either living here or fill or uh, fulfilling his last will and testament. Right. Like he Sorting his his, his last his last wishes, some agent of Saget. I actually like that better. It's Dave Coulier. A wild card thrown into the a mix. Okay. That's what, okay. That 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 is who it is then. It's an agent of Saget. Somebody who can help us a little bit, maybe. Maybe. But currently it's not clear whether they're friend or foe. Right. Somebody oh, is it it's like Bobcat Goldthwaite? Um, <laughs> I never know where I stand with that guy. <laughs> he sounds like a villain, but you really can't tell. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be Bobcat. Oh, and he's there for the world's greatest dad mug because doesn't he, he wrote that movie? I think I don't know. That's a small. That's like an inside joke. He definitely wants to get it before Cosby can get it. Right. Oh, interesting. He helps us defeat Cosby. That's a that's a conversation for another day. That's another day. Yeah, we're finishing. We're wrapping up now. Yeah, that's a wrap. It. Uh, I don't think it should. I don't think the camera should pan back to him. But I definitely think it should be obviously Bobcat Goldthwait's voice, or at least his style of intonation that finishes that line. And then we all turn in shock, and there's some kind of sound beat, and then it it goes black. It could even be as cheap as a dun dun dun. Yeah. And that's a wrap. We're we're primed and ready for. Whatever is coming. We are primed. Is that what you said? Primed and ready. Primed and ready to be beaten up by Bobcat Goldthwait. Something like that. He is the Green Ranger who is not necessarily our ally just yet. I don't know much about Green Rangers. What's a Green Ranger? That's from Power Rangers. Oh, okay. He's Aragorn. He's the Ranger. Who was also not necessarily seen as friend or foe at first. Yeah, hey, this kind of plays in. Anyhow, this, Anyhow. Has been, this has been a podcast, and it was hosted by your friends. That's us. This sucks. Do we have Do we have a phrase? I have a catchphrase, if you're ready to wrap this episode up. I'm, I'm ready to hear this catchphrase. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. What's your name? Let, I'm, my name is Tucker. My name's Todd. Mark her unforeseen cream. That's the one. That's going to earn a scowl from straight woman. It just sounds so weird and unnecessarily sexual. What cream would be unforeseen? The unnecessarily sexual kind. <laughs> well, mark it. <laughs> that was an episode. I guess we've had it. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.